0: rules for how a pa should treat his son if he's a kid? You want it straight, don't you? mm huh. Okay, here it goes. There are no rules for paws and sons. Uh, it's as simple as this. Each, uh, each mother or father raises his boy or girl, as the case may be, the way that uh, he thinks is best. <music> good afternoon or good evening, depending on when and where you're tuning in. This is episode 44 of the Blue Collar Executive Podcast, and I am your host, Lewis Talby Jr. Well, it's almost Father's Day, a day dedicated to recognize dads. And being a dad, I'm a big fan of this day. My kids always give me nice gifts and hang with me all day. I'll never tell them because I love getting gifts, but the biggest gift they give me is just hanging with old dad all day. Well, I don't know where this is going to go, but it's one of my favorite subjects, so let's just see where it takes us. Let's go. My pop went to heaven in 2006, but I still think about my dad every day. Every single day and many times a day. In fact, I still talk to him a lot. Especially when I'm trying to fix one of his old tractors or get something right in my garden. I still ask for his advice and in some weird way I always feel like I get my answer. I'll tell you a funny story that my brother Jay and I still laugh about. We were trying to get our gardens in one year shortly after Dad had passed. And we were using his big Ford 3000 tractor which he called Big D. Dad named it that. In fact, Dad named all of his tractors. Dad had a hundred acres and he loved nothing more than working on it. He bought it shortly after mom had passed and that's where he spent almost all of his time. If he wasn't working at the factory, he was somewhere in that hundred acres on a tractor or pulling a fence or doing something. I asked him one time, why did you buy a place to do nothing but work? He said to me, there's nothing in this world I would rather do. I guess with him being raised on a farm, it was his place of solitude. Anyway, back to the tractors. So one thing Dad didn't like to do was change equipment on tractors. You know, most people have one tractor and they use it with all the attachments like plows, bush hogs, tillers, or whatever. I really didn't realize this until after Dad passed and we had to transfer all of his tractors from the farm to my place. But Dad had a tractor for each attachment. So in my barn, I now have Old Sam, which is a 1957 Ford, and Old Sam's job was to pull a bush hog. Old George... That's a smaller tractor with a belly mower, and his job was just to keep the grass cut down around the house. I got old Mater. He was named that after Tow Mater from the movie Cars because Dad had a lift bar on the back. I think my younger son named him that. Then there was Big D. Now, Big D is a big boy, and I believe the D stands for diesel. I guess that helped to keep anyone from getting confused when they're putting fuel in all of his tractors. Well anyway back to my story. So shortly after dad passed me and Jay hooked up the tiller to Big D and started to put our gardens in. Around here we have a very short window to get them in. It goes from cold and rainy to just dry enough for a minute and then back to rain. So we usually have about two days to get that garden in if we're going to have sweet corn popping up in July. Well as soon as we started the gears went out on Big D. Jay and I knew we were going to have to tear that gearbox down and find the problem, which meant we were not going to be eating sweet corn until August. We both said, Dad, we could use some help here and laughed about it. Now me and Jay have been around tractors all of our lives and we know our stuff. We knew that we had a clutch or a gear problem and both tried many different things to at least get it to move a little so we could get our gardens in before tearing it down. But old D wasn't going to budge. So the next morning, I went out there with my toolbox ready to tear into it. But right before I put a wrench on it, I felt an urge to try it one more time. So I laid my wrench down, hopped up on the seat, and said, Come on, Big D. I fired it up, pulled it down in gear, and it about threw me off of it. I put it in reverse and then forward. I called Jay and said, Watch this as I pulled the front wheels off the ground. We both put our gardens in that year and have every year since with Big D and have never felt as much of a slip in those gears. We still laugh and talk about that. Now you can say something must have just been jammed up in it or as a coincidence, and you may be right, but Jason and I like to believe that Dad is still helping us out. I sure do miss my dad. He was a great man. Yeah, he had his flaws, but that was just because he was human. I try to be like him, and I hope in my kid's eyes that I'm half the hero that he is to me. I still play his old guitars, and the memories just flood back. I laugh at all the times he would yell at me when I would get out of time while he was trying to learn something new on his banjo, and I can close my eyes and visualize that I'm sitting right there behind him while he's up there on stage doing his best Johnny Cash impersonation. I have a funny story about that, too, that I've told many times, but it's a true story. Dad always sang a Johnny Cash song called "Folsom Prison Blues. He would step up to the mic, and in his best Johnny voice, he would say, Hello, I wish I had Johnny Cash's money. That was his impersonation of Johnny's opening line, Hello, I'm Johnny Cash. Dad had a deep voice, and he could imitate Johnny pretty good. So as soon as he would finish saying that, I would do the lead guitar intro, and we would start playing the song. And I could play it in my sleep. I mean, we'd played it a million times. But about halfway through the song, there's a lead break, which Johnny would always yell, Suey! when it was time to do it. Well, as I said, I had played behind Dad since I was four years old, so I could really just do that subconsciously, because my main focus was smiling at the girls on the dance floor. And every single time it came to that part, my dad would yell, "Suey," I would jump out of my skin thinking he was saying, Louie! I always thought I messed up because in my head I was on that dance floor showing them girls my moves. (laughs) But I never missed a beat and we always laughed about it after the song. I could sit here and tell stories about dad all day long. Heck, I wrote a book about him. He was something. You know, I've been fortunate in my career and travels to meet celebrities, major CEOs, and some of the wealthiest people on this planet. But it's not even a contest for me. My hero is, and always will be, an old farm boy with an 8th grade education. Yeah, I know I'm biased because he's my dad, and I hope most of you feel the same way about your dad. One thing I learned when my first son was born is that kids don't come with instructions and there's no rule book for being a dad. You just do the best you can to raise them right. Try to teach them right from wrong. Do a whole lot of praying. And you give them unconditional love, which they'll test from time to time. Especially when they become teenagers, they'll test it. But if you're a dad, you know there's nothing in this entire world that they could ever do to stop you from loving and caring for them. Just like our Heavenly Father does for us. I mean, we mess up a lot as humans, but he always forgives us and never stops loving us. Remember the song Tie a Yellow Ribbon Around the Old Oak Tree? It's about a fella that gets on the wrong side of the tracks and he won't listen to old dad. Like most teenage boys, he knows everything and dad's a big dummy. So he says some hateful things and he leaves town. Well, later he comes to his senses and realizes that old dad wasn't as dumb after all. He feels horrible and wants nothing more than to tell his daddy sorry and to... Get that big old bear hug that only dads can give. But he's pretty sure he blew any chance of that with the things he had said and done when he blew out of there like a bad storm. Well, there was a train that ran right in front of his parents' house. So he mailed them a letter and said, I'm going to be on the next passing train. And if there is any chance in this world that you could ever forgive me, tie a yellow ribbon around that old oak tree in the front yard. And I'll get off at the next stop and come on home. Well, as the train passed by, he was too scared to even look out the window, so he asked the lady sitting next to him, and she said, Honey, you're going to need to look at this. Every branch of every tree had a yellow ribbon in it, and his old mom and dad were standing in the front yard waving yellow sheets. You know, I heard that song played many times as a kid, and it never really meant anything to me. But now that I'm a dad, I totally get it. It gets to me just telling it now. There is no deeper love than the love we have for our children. I never knew how much I loved and needed my dad until he passed away. And I never knew how much he loved and needed me until I was a dad. If your dad is still here on earth, cherish every moment. And if he's moved on to heaven like mine, cherish every memory. I have learned that being a dad is the easiest and the hardest thing I've ever done. It's brought me the greatest joy and the biggest heartbreaks of my life. Being a dad has caused me some of the greatest stresses and worries I've ever had in life but I wouldn't trade it for anything in this world. My kids are my greatest achievement, my greatest love, and my reason for everything I do. They don't listen to this podcast, and they've never read my book. But I continue to do it because someday I hope they look back and are just a little bit proud of me. For 20 years, I passed up many career opportunities that could have escalated me up that corporate ladder. But my priority was being a dad. They didn't choose to be my kids. I chose to be their dad, so I owe that to them. Oh, I screwed up a lot as a dad, but I just try my best to do exactly as my dad taught me. My kids could care less what I did for a job. They just wanted and needed to feel that they were loved and protected. That I can do and still do. I sure do love being a dad. And since they don't listen to this, I'll tell you a little secret. My kids are the heroes, and the admiring child is me. Well, that concludes another episode of the Blue Collar Executive Podcast. I hope you found some value in it or at least found it entertaining. I wish you all a wonderful, blessed Father's Day and thank you so much for listening.